Welcome to the CIM Marketing Podcast. The contents and views expressed by individuals in this podcast are not necessarily those of the companies for which they work. Due to the coronavirus lockdown, the CIM Podcast is currently being recorded via web conferencing. We apologise for any issues with the audio. Hello everybody and welcome to the CIM Podcast series today, maybe. I've met my match uh, with our guest today, our special guest, Douglas Burdett. Douglas is, as many of you will know, host of the Marketing Book podcast, sensational podcast, very popular with the industry. And he's joining us today um, from the Eastern Seaboard in the United States. Welcome, Douglas. How are you? Great. Good to be here. Uh, Douglas is a former military man. He is also a former Madison Avenue ad man. So he really knows his stuff and is a serious expert in the industry and has built up a fantastic, popular podcast with a big listenership. We are also joined today by someone who is herself an author of a marketing book, Sustainable Marketing. She is also Director of Marketing at CIM itself at Moorhall and a popular guest on this series, Gemma Butler. Gemma, how are you today? I'm good, Ben. Douglas, great to have you on the show. Thanks. It's an honor to be here. I, I have so many listeners to my own podcast who are uh, CIM uh, certified, so it's uh, delighted to be here. I should add that Douglas has got very early this morning. It's around 7 a.m. in um, on the eastern seaboard, so we thank him uh, for that. And I'm going to throw in Perhaps too big a question for so early in the morning, Douglas, which is what makes a great marketing book? Well, it's a it's a good question. And the answer is different for every person. Obviously, I uh, let me just tell you one shorthand uh, uh, shortcut that I use. Is it a book that is from a major publisher <laughs> like the one you work for or or the uh the the one that uh, Gemma Gemma's recent book was about. In other words, were a lot of people involved in the uh, editing and development and writing? In other words, did an author suffer <laughs> through the editorial process uh, to to uh, to produce a great work? And I say that because I actually don't have that many self-published books on the show, and I do have some, but I can start to read through a book and I can just tell. There were very few people involved in it. So, other than that, um, is it a? It, does it does it have a, a big idea? In other words, does it? If it's super tactical and you know, press this button, press that button, and uh, doesn't have a lot of ideas or concepts, it's probably not as uh, good a read. In other words, it's just not the right format. There's other ways to get that kind of information. So if there's a, a big idea, maybe a new idea, maybe a, a, an analogy that I had not thought of, um, is it an area that um, hasn't been written about a lot? Uh, and is it also a topic, this is how I pick the books, is it a topic that I think would advance the role of the marketer? In other words, and I know this sounds crazy, but is it a book or a concept or a book title that a CEO or a head of sales would say, that's stupid, this is nonsense, that's arts and crafts party planning, that's for people who work in, make, in the make it pretty department? I, I know, for example, that sustainable marketing, which is Gemma's book, 
certainly fulfills a lot of the criteria of good books. It's certainly not something that's been widely written about uh, in the sector. It does advance the case of marketing. My only question to Gemma is, did you suffer to write it? <laughs> uh, actually, not at all. Um, funnily enough, it was a, uh, a much smoother process than I, I geared myself up for, you know, change this, change that. But you know what? We put it in and it was one shot. We had to just make some minor adjustments, just check some facts. And it was through. And as you say, it's a subject that not many people are writing about but at the time. But now it, you, it's everywhere. You cannot avoid it. As a book publisher, we can say the, the stats are in front of our eyes that marketing books do very well as a, se a segment in, in, in our in our space. Um, I'm not here to big up my company and I won't name it. But we do books across the big business space and the marketing is one segment that we do. There is a culture, is there not, Gemma Butler, a good positive culture in, in um, marketing of continuous learning, of professional development, which is presumably a contributing factor to why marketing books, good marketing books, do so well. Absolutely. I mean, marketing as, as a profession is, is extremely varied. It's extremely broad. It moves at pace driven you know primarily by technology moving at pace you know digital has really kicked marketing up a, a hundred miles an hour or so but absolutely continued professional development is something that is you know you, you should have through your life anyway you know you should always be wanting to learn you should always be curious and you know absolutely within the marketing profession if you do not stay up to date with your skill sets then you will fall behind the curve um, because the profession moves so quickly. Douglas, you, you see lots of books, as you've alluded to earlier, good, bad, ugly, beautiful, useful, useless. How do you separate those ones that have got, that cover, maybe speak to a short-term fad, and let's face it, we do get short-term fads mm -hmm. in marketing, to those that are the sort of books that one takes buys, reads, puts on the shelf and returns to time and time again, which you can say, oh, they are serious marketing texts. How do you separate those when they come, into your, come through your letterbox in the morning? Well, here's a, a kind of a funny way of, of putting it. I will hear from listeners every day. They, they connect with me on LinkedIn and they, they, they'll message me and say, what's a book I could read about this? Or this is a particular challenge I have. And that's kind of the fun thing I get to do. It only takes a few seconds to say, oh, 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 I, here's a book that you should read. You don't need to read 350 of them. <laughs> just just read this one right now. If that's my mission in life. If I can keep somebody from having to read 350 of these books in order to help them find that one or two that, that really uh, are successful, I'll do it. Uh, is it one that people have been asking me about? Um, is it <clears throat> one that somebody could take and spend five, 10 hours reading and feel as if they had gotten more out of it than going to a conference uh, to, to learn about a topic? Is it something that they could then use to help lead their organization? Um, so back to Gemma and her book, uh, I'm glad to hear you didn't suffer. Um, but the reason I say that is because a number of authors will say to me, man, this this book is really different from the original one that I wrote, and it's because I had a development editor or, or whatever, people along the way. Um, and the other thing about sustainable marketing was I had not had a book about that topic. And as I said to your co-author, Michelle Carville, 
it it showed uh, incredible leadership. In other words, there were every single chapter had a section on here's what's still not squared away. Here's what's still I don't know, I can't remember what the term was, but here's what needs to be fixed. Here's what's not perfect. Okay, uh, and but I think it sort of planted a flag in the ground and said here's here's what we know. Here's what people need to know. Uh, and for me, the greatest takeaway from the book was how important this is to customers, because I could just imagine a lot of <laughs> businesses saying, you know, we don't pollute, we're trying to do the right thing, so forth and so on. Why do we need to worry about this? I mean, they might be, you know, very good people. It's really important to their customers. So um, as far as uh, picking a good book, is it, um, like I said, is it one that I think would move um the the marketers forward and get them more a seat at the table the really really effective marketers now are almost like uh missionaries or evangelists where they are walking the halls and they're slowly somewhat quietly teaching their organization they're trying to become the straw that stirs the drink and they're doing this um in the face of organizations that still think of marketing as that fourth p just promotion. They don't understand that when a company makes a pricing decision or a product decision, which they do almost every day, that's marketing. <laughs> so uh, I, I think it's uh, things like that that can help arm folks. You mentioned that I had been in the military, so I was in the field artillery. And for me, the I get so much from sales. In other words, field artillery is pretty worthless without having any infantry <laughs> to go take the real estate. And the greatest artillery officers are the ones that deeply understand infantry, infantry tactics, and what's going on, and, and armor tactics, what's going on at the, the point of the spear. <clears throat> the same thing with marketers, in my mind. Maybe that's just my, my military background, but the more marketers understand about sales, the challenges the salespeople face, and more importantly, the objectives and the fears of the uh, buyer, the more effective you'll be as a marketer. It's, it's interesting, isn't it? That they're, 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 you, you're speaking there about a, a, a shift, if you like, towards more commerciality, towards more customer centricity, towards more advocacy of marketing. Gemma, you've just written for the Sunday Times about advocacy of marketing to stop it becoming seen as something we talk about all the time as a cost centre. Is it filtering from the world of books into the minds of marketers, Gemma? Uh, well, I think it's a case of, uh, I, I get asked the question a lot around, you know, how in terms of running the marketing department, CIM, what do you do? And and my answer is, you know, every marketing department does things, what they do is different depending on the industry you work in and how your team's made up. And it's, it's not what you do, it's how you do it. And I think that's the key. That's been the critical point. As a marketing department, you have to effectively be the function that breaks down all the silos across the different functions of your business. So we have to work with operations, we have to work with customer experience, we have to work with sales, we have to work with finance, you know, and we have to then take that message back to deliver, you know, a, a compelling business case for why we want to do something. And I think that that is the key. So you can be brilliant at comms, but if you're not telling anyone about it, uh, inside your organization if you're not if you're not taking that communication through to the people that work there then it, it's not going to be as effective and if people within your organization don't know that you're running a, a big campaign or they don't know that you're working on a new proposition um, and it's under development then you know how can you really sort of 
capitalize and and drive the growth and the objective that the company needs to deliver. So I think marketing really does break down those silos and and goes out there and to deliver the true value of what marketing can ultimately give to your organization, then you have to use the full remit of skills. It's, you know, it goes beyond selling stuff. Have you have you seen a change in demand for those skills, for those learnings, for that CPD since the pandemic began? Since since the pandemic, um, we have seen a, a significant increase in the number of marketers that are putting themselves first and investing in themselves. I think, you know, pandemic hit and suddenly we had some time and I think people have been reflecting on themselves and prioritizing themselves and their skill sets. So we have seen huge growth in the number of people signing up to CIM CPD program, but also people wanting to invest in themselves and look after themselves and make sure, you know, that they are in the fittest place they can be in terms of their career. They're, they're, they're enthusiastic readers, aren't they? The types of learning, sort of personal learning, home learning, suits marketers, Gemma, doesn't it? The, 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 hence why marketing books is such a big and growing segment that, that people are keen in the industry as a rule to get out there and learn. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I was listening to, uh, I couldn't sleep, and I was listening to a radio programme where they're actually saying that last year more books were sold than since yeah. 2012. You know, books are fantastic and physical books as well. I love a physical book. I don't like to, on the whole, download books. If I'm going for a walk, I will put a book on Audible and, and listen to it. But as a whole, I do like to own a book. And they were saying, you know, it was really interesting that why do you like physical books over, you know, uh, Kindle and stuff like that? Because you own it. You, you'll never own a book if you have it on your Kindle. You know, that book will always belong to Amazon or whoever it is that you downloaded it off. And I think with regards to marketing and marketing books, you can go back to it time and time again. You can you can take it in at, at, at the pace you want to. Um, and 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 you know you can you can really draw from it the the value that's to you and that's something that we say with our continued professional development program is if people say well what do I do to learn you do what's valuable to you and you do it in a way that you get the value out of it so you may go down an academic route you may choose to learn on the job you may like going to events you may like networking and I think depending on who you are and what stage of your career you're at you determine how you like to learn. It's interesting, isn't it? The, 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 I'm fond of saying that the, the funny thing about the song title Video Killed the Radio Star was that it proved completely wrong. Video did not kill the radio star. Radio's more popular than ever in the same way that digital did not kill the books. Books, as you say, have been more popular than ever, particularly since the pandemic. And Douglas, for the benefit of the tape and our audience, I've just seen you gesturing towards your large <laughs> bookshelf of real books. Yes, I get I get books almost every day now, and uh, I, I I love them. And and to your point, Gemma, I tell the authors I, I've got to have a printed copy. And now part of that is to make sure it's not a PDF some ad agency wrote uh, pretending to be a book. <clears throat> but uh, the reason why is I consume the information very differently when I'm reading it from a physical book, and I'm sure there's some uh, scientist who's listening who might be able to explain why, but I, I really, uh, when I've had to read a book on a, on a tablet, 
there's something going on in my brain where I'm scanning rather than absorbing. And so I, I really prefer not to do that. In fact, there's been a few that I've had on the show earlier on and I went and bought the, the printed copy. Uh, so, and also for me, I mark it up and I write uh, questions I want to ask the author. I also write jokes to myself in the book and sometimes I post them on LinkedIn. Um, you know, I'm the youngest of four children, so I still crave any kind of attention. Digital is something that we try not to separate because to some degree, all marketing is is, is digital. That is a constantly evolving understanding that is needed. It is that a book which is static uh, rather than digital, which is fluid, the right place to find the know-how for digital? You know, is it, is it something that people can pick up off on the shelf and learn, or is it something that they're better off trying to find on the internet? Well, I guess I think of a book as sort of a, a software platform and then other places you can get the updates. Um, so, you know, a well-balanced uh, marketing diet, uh, a marketing education diet w could involve books. It should be, uh, um, you know, reading blogs. It should be listening to the marketing book podcast. Sorry, I had to say that. Um, as we record this in June, there was a book that uh, was featured just last week called Winning Digital Customers. Big book by Howard Tiersky, and half the book is also online with all these fantastic resources, but he explains in the book, which was printed on paper, <laughs> that your customers, if you are not providing as seamless as possible a digital experience for your customers, and this goes way beyond marketing, you're going to become irrelevant. It's just a matter of time. So. Yeah, there's there's ways to, to learn about digital. There's great blogs out there. There's podcasts, there's uh, videos, there's all that kinds of thing. But my concern about some marketers is that they want to jump to the tactics uh, and they don't always understand if it even makes sense. I'll, I'll give you an example uh, that there's this expression I learned called management by in-flight magazine. So that's when the CEO comes in on a Monday morning and let's say you're an industrial boiler company and they throw the in-flight magazine down on the conference table and say, let's put everything into TikTok. <laughs> so, well, okay, we can learn about TikTok. I'm not, don't mean to pick on TikTok, but it's like a new platform. But does that even make sense for us from a strategic standpoint? And if you have a plan and if you're able to exert some sort of strategic input as a marketer, you're going to be able to say, boss, that's an interesting uh, platform. We've been looking at it, but as agreed, who our ideal customer is, they're not adopting that and they're not using that to find out about what they're, how to solve their problems as what we're currently pursuing, but we're watching that. Yeah. Instead of saying, sure, we can do that. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's put it all in that. It's interesting, isn't it, that you separate those tips and tricks, which are very fluid and, and fleeting, perhaps, uh, uh, from the theory and the strategy and, and the thinking behind marketing, which one can absorb uh, very well in a book. What have you absorbed, Gemma, in, in recent times? Um, well, I, I've been reading uh, a wide range of books recently um, because, well, I've been I've been sent a few books since writing my book um, and, and setting up the podcast. But um Yes, I've been writing. So a book called Greener Marketing by John Grant is one that I read recently. 
Um, there is one I have been, I'm about to delve into, which is um, Post Growth Life After Capitalism by Tim wow. Jackson. That sounds very, um, very highfalutin and, uh, and sort of theoretical, is it? it? It sounds quite deep, doesn't it? It sounds quite deep, but um, it, it's, you know, I, I was recommended it as as a marketer. They say, you know, if there's, if there's ever going to be a book written about sort of the economy and finance, this is the book to read because it, it's talking about, you know, how on our quest to want more, we are effectively destroying the planet. And, and it's how to, I guess, bring back that, bring back to people and planet over over profits. So um, I, I'm, I'm about to delve into that. Um, and I read a fantastic book just before it came out, which um, is one of your authors, Ben, and it's The Whole Marketer by Abigail Dixon. And it is absolutely fantastic book. Um, and Douglas, if you get the opportunity to uh, get a copy and have her on your show, it is it is everything. It's the whole package. Yes, I, I, I she's on the schedule. She sent me a copy of the book. I'm very excited about that. I should I should say I should say I should say for the record, so I don't get tweets that I I didn't request that plug from Gemma. It was it came from her from her heart. And it, well, it, um, yeah, I know Abby, and you know um, I think um, you know as I said, I read the book before before it came out. And it, it is it is a fantastic book. I think the last book just to mention is um, recently uh, read uh, The Values Economy by Alan Williams and Samuel Williams. And Alan actually, when he was thinking about who he could write that book with, he, he wrote it with his son because he wanted to get a broad and diverse view. Um, and again, another brilliant book. But there is a bit of a theme with my reading at the moment. It's It's all about, you know, going beyond profit into planet and people and I think you know I, I well I spend a lot of time alone because nobody wants to talk to me anymore because I jump on my soapbox relentlessly um but you know I want to save the planet <laughs> oh you should you should look into uh, Philip Kotler has been written a uh, writing about capitalism post-capitalism uh and some of the limitations there and with any luck He's, your part. Uh, he's reading our book as well now. So, yes. um, yeah, so he sent us a lovely email. So Philip Kotler is uh, reading is reading my and Michelle's and Geraint's book, which is fantastic. Thanks to Douglas. So do you know what? Books bring people together. There's a whole yes. network between authors and publishers and podcasters. It's phenomenal. I'm a uniter, not a divider. But also, it seems like he would, he would be a great one to be on your show because he's uh, your book is of such great interest that I even I realized I mentioned your book when I was interviewing him. So. Uh, got me, got me very excited, and I, I knew that he would like to get a copy of that. So Ben didn't put me up to this either, but there was another book, the Smart Marketing Book by Dan White, also published by Lid Publishing. And uh, and I'll be honest, Ben, your boss, the publisher, uh, Martin Liu, he did not know I was going to be on this show. But um, let's just, you know, Martin, shout out to my homies in London. There you go. <laughs> Well, after this, after this, this Niagara of compliments, I can only ask you, Douglas, a, a clean question, which is, can you know, can you tell me your best three non-lid books that have you've you've read in the last uh, eighteen months in terms of helping marketers do their jobs? Well, I get this question all the time over the years, and it's a lot of fun. People will say, Douglas, what's the one book that I could read? What's the Okay, you've had 300, over 300 books, and I've read even more than that. And what what's the one book? What's the best book? Is it a book by Seth Godin or 
Philip Kotler, the father of modern marketing, or, or David Merriman Scott, and they write some fantastic books. And I've interviewed those folks a few times. But Ben, the best book of all is a book by Sarah Cooper called A Hundred Tricks to Appear Smart in Meetings, How to Get By Without Even Trying. It's a brilliant book. And now, honestly, that was a special April Fool's episode of the book, but she has these tricks on how to appear smart in meetings. So like one of them is translate percentages uh, into fractions. So if somebody's you're in a meeting, come on, all your listeners deal with this. You're in a meeting and somebody's pointing at their laptop and they say, okay, about 25% of visitors click on this button. You then say, so about one in four your math skills will be the envy of everyone in that room. And just one other trick of the hundred that are in there. In fact, I now have a daily calendar of her tricks to appear smart in meetings. And I've given it to my team as well as to a couple of clients and everybody uses it. Another one is uh, when you're watching a, a slide presentation, as long as it's not the first slide, just say, uh, Gemma, can you go back a slide? Everyone is gonna think you're paying more attention than they are. And then you can get back to what you were doing, <clears throat> which is what a lot of listeners are probably doing right now, which is checking uh, Instagram. <laughs> now, uh, so there's a few books that uh, I'm, I'm joking about that, but I, I, uh, I'm, I'm a fan of, of Sarah Cooper's. There's a book that I recommend all the time to people, particularly, uh, well, a lot of students, but also people who are new to marketing. And I have this term I call thrusters. I think there's a lot of thrusters who listen to my show. And what I mean by that is it's somebody who's been suddenly thrust into a role of marketing. In other words, they might've been head of sales or they were head of engineering. And now somebody has put marketing on their business card as well. And they're like, so one book that I recommend for that is David Merriman Scott's The New Rules of Marketing and PR. Now, that is one of two books in my career that has had the most impact. And I can... You know, the right book at the right time. Looking back, you can see how it really had a big impact. And uh, it's used in a lot of universities. So that's uh, that's a great one. Um, otherwise, uh, people say what uh, people ask for book recommendations. And I guess I would have to say, what is your challenge or uh, or what is it you want to learn more about? And I can ask that question because I've read so many of them that people will then come back and say, oh, I want to learn about this more specifically. And then I'm able to give them something. So. You know, like if, if folks want a suggestion, just message me on LinkedIn and, I'll, and tell me what your challenge is. And if I know of a book or some other resource for whatever their challenge they're facing today, I'll, I'll send them a link to it uh, and uh, or, or tell them about a book that I've read that maybe hasn't been on the show. Uh, it's, it's interesting, isn't it, that it, we built up such a fantastic library in the industry for if you need specific knowledge about a skill or about a particular industry or about a particular tool that you want to learn or if your career is going through a shift or if you notice that the industry is going through a shift you can go out there and find a book and thank you Douglas for your invitation to our audience to go and uh, find you on LinkedIn and ask for those recommendations but Gemma that is a, a great advantage of this industry isn't it there is a wealth of great marketing books out there which means there is that chance for continuing professional development, for self-learning, for finding out and developing yourselves. And I think that's a very positive message, isn't it, that marketers have got that resource when they want it. Yes. And, you know, and there's a lot of people out there who are doing things differently all the time. There's a lot of innovation. There's a lot of re-engineering and reassessing what needs to be done, you know, as, as, as the world moves, marketing moves with it. And I think with that, we get this continuous 
uh, flow and stream of knowledge and, and everyone who goes out there and writes books. You never, you should never get bored if you work in marketing because the opportunities are endless. Yes, you might lose your mind, but you'll never get bored. So decide, <laughs> decide what you what you want. You know, can I just go back to a point I mentioned earlier? We talked about books and digital. Let me give you an example of how a book and and all the digital uh, things are available. There was a book on the show a few years ago called SEO for Growth by uh, John Jantz. And it was a short book, which I, I think is a very hard thing to, to write, but it explained almost for a CEO or anyone that's spending a nickel on an SEO firm, how this all fits together. It was beautifully explained without going into the details about H1 tags and you know, all that sort of thing. So someone could read that and basically have a great foundation for what this seemingly mysterious SEO stuff is, and it's not mystery, okay? Then you can go to any number of uh, tools that have great learning resources and continue your SEO education uh, if that's something that you need to know even more about. So that's an example of a, of a balanced uh, learning diet. So I, I would caution folks against one or the other. You need to marinate in certain mediums uh, in order to uh, get your uh, learning up to speed. Absolutely. What a great piece of advice to finish on. Douglas Burdett, thank you very much for your time today and joining us so early from the Eastern Seaboard. I know our audience will love the show. And Gemma Butler, thank you very much indeed for your insight. The message is that there's a book out there for your job. There's a book out there for the moment. And there's a book out there for the future for you. Just go out there and find them. If you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to the CIM Marketing Podcast on your platform of choice. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a rating and review. We'd love to hear your feedback. You can also join the conversation on Twitter at CIM underscore exchange, where we'll keep you updated about the latest episodes. See you next time. CIM Marketing Podcast.